Brew Strong is brought to you by morebeer.com, where a man can brew like a man. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, hey, hey. Guten, howdy, howdy. Guten Abend. My name That's is a good one. Fair and German. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we, we gotta work on Palmer's uh, yeah, I know. salutation there. That's true. He was better this time. I like it. Yeah, it was it was a better hey hey hey. You're doing fine. Le- less fat Alberish. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> More fat Palmerish. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh. Hey, don't be dissing my buddy John, my brother. Uh, you know, we've slept you. together. Yes. Did you really? Yes. Mm-hmm. John is a really good roommate. <laughs> wow. Where'd, you, where'd yeah. you guys sleep together? I like how your voice faded off at the end. Uh, yeah. G-A-B-F. Oh, G-A-B-F. Great American B-F. All right. Great. And, and Sleeping then, together. You know, we we didn't know each other that well. Uh, you know, at that point, but after right. sleeping together for four nights, uh, I think we knew each other pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The story didn't bother me at all. <laughs> John, yeah, but it kept me awake. That was actually the <laughs> first time I met Jamil and John both on the same day. I yeah, met you for you, the first time. You on thought the same we were day? the same person. I did. And we were just kind of faking yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's oh. good times. <laughs> no, John's very, very polite and very, uh, very attentive to another's needs. Right. If you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> Whereas uh, Jamil's no. a total dick. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah. Jamil's a peach too. <laughs> Fuzzy like a peach, anyway. <laughs> and you know that, that part of the peach where it kind of has that cleft in there? Yeah. Oh. oh, damn it. Just ruined it. Show's yep. already gone south. Yeah. And we're only like two minutes when into When you do them back to back, that's the problem right there. You know, It's all the yeah. drinking. It's Chad's freaking fault. fault. Chad, you, you, you're brewing all this great beer. You're bringing it and, you know, just serving it to us. Like, you know, you're welcome. Drink it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. But where else would we get such good beer? I don't know. Because Jamil's not bringing in. (laughs) No, he's not bringing Ah, any. Nice, Palmer. You're right. (laughs) Hey, hey! I brought the moose rule, and then and then what happens? Like uh, Tasty's going. She didn't bring any more. It's like, well, I thought I brought enough for the sampling. What what more do I need to bring? You are so stingy with your beer. JZ, (laughs) I'm convinced there's something about his house too. Because I took five gallons of the moose rule home. We, mm-hmm. we brewed that together. Mm-hmm. I took five gallons. He got moose drool, and I got crotch drool. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what happened at my house, but something about the way you ferment that. Well, I'll tell you this. You know, I moved, and I and I, I brewed uh, yesterday. Yeah. And uh, when uh, for for the Can You Brew It show, I brewed yesterday. Okay. Uh, it's it's give me a new passion for brewing. Uh, but if that beer doesn't turn out right, if there's something wrong. I'm sorry, the whole family's going to have to move back to the old house because there's, there's no way I'm brewing somewhere where the beer doesn't turn out right. Yeah, it's like those uh, Belgian breweries that risk closing down. Uh, exactly. If they have to move buildings, they, they feel like, hey, that's it. You know, the right. building has right. what we need. 
I, you feel I, that way about your place now. Yeah, and I experienced, you know, some real problems because, um, you know, the, I, I tried to set up in a similar location, but it was much windier, mm-hmm. and wind is a real problem there. You know, the uh, the faucets were further away, so I had to kind of run like 20 feet. You know, it's a, it's a right. giant estate. Yeah. So I was on the uh, <laughs> south end of the estate. I see. And... Uh, I had to run to go and like turn the water on or turn the water off. So the water's flowing. You know, maybe I'm adding a little more water to the mash. I thought you were going to set up one of the spare garages. If you, yeah, that's the thing, John. Exactly. If Jamil would listen to his friends, I mean, he's got like a nine car garage and he won't brew. It is an estate, isn't it? Yeah, he's got his his old house with plenty of room to brew. But this thing, you know, he's got garage space every up the wazoo, and he won't brew indoors. I'm doing two shows on the Brewing Network. Yeah, I got to do something with the money. That's the thing. Yeah, right. So of I course. decided That's right. a large estate for the for the family and the, the and the help. Apparently. Why why don't you uh, build out in the garage? Why? You know, I don't. Dr. Scott I don't, does it. You know, I don't like the uh, humidity in the garage. And you want to be outside. I like the outside. I like I like you know the free swinging the breeze. What going. if the only problem is you know how some you know how uh, pitchers who are on a winning streak like yeah. won't wash their underwear or whatever they yeah they I gave feel. that up a long time ago <laughs> washing my underwear. So you know what I'm saying maybe you're just not you know you're 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 wearing new clothes every time. Maybe it's not the location. It's you. You're not uh, you're not staying focused, and you're not keeping hey, to. Hey, hey, yeah. I didn't say anything I was going right, wrong. I didn't say anything was going right. wrong yet. You still got the goat, right? Wait, wait. no, the goat. My still goat's there. missing. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, what the hell happened to my goat? Oh, it is. Oh, I am, oh, come and, on. And and, and oh. I didn't say anything was going wrong. I said if something oh. goes wrong, that's okay. Freaking family's moving back to I don't you know that shack we used to live in. <laughs> We're moving back, kids. Yeah. You know, pack it up. Uh, you know, Daddy's got a brew. Yeah. You know, this is this is this is what uh, you know butters the bread, <laughs> right? And he does have a, like for guys, you know, I mean, this guy's you know two time Ninkasi Award winner, and shoot, you've won half of <laughs> with beer that's five six years old. It's Obviously, a goat. Done a great job. It's a goat, but he he is like superstitious in his I process. Give, well, and the thing is, I gave Chad a goat. And yeah. I think things picked up at that point. Mm. I mean, Absolutely. you were doing good before then. I think you're doing great now. And the goat, I have to report, has lost some legs. Oh. What happened? But the beers are still coming out okay. Yeah, as long as you got the, the bulk of the goat hanging there. How yeah. the hell did Give it a little goat, rub. How did it lose its legs? Uh, well, yeah, you know, the, the sparge arm kind of comes off. Uh-huh. So I think one day it just kind of got smushed. Chad, do, do you have a, a Whirlpool chiller? Oh yeah, we were talking about that the oh, last yeah. show. You have one, of course, Jamil. That's what we're the only way to go. That's what we're giving away, right? I or, love it. Yeah. Right? As a matter of fact, uh, if you if you sign up and uh, to recurring uh, donations to the Brewing Network, you know, it's two bucks a month is is all it takes. Uh, you're automatically entered in raffles for great stuff. They've given away conical fermenters. They've given away full uh, keg system. Full keg yeah. system. They've given away uh, Justin's blowjobs. They've given away. <laughs> Don't uh, sign uh, up for those. Yeah, yeah. And this 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 month, uh, it is uh, a whirlpool chiller. I use a whirlpool chiller. Chad uses one. Uh, Nick uses one. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it is uh, far and away the the best chilling device, if if you ask me. And 
your donations help uh, support programming like this. You can also, if you want to just jump in for this one uh, or for any of them, as a matter of fact, when they come up, uh, you, you know, five bucks gets you gets you an entry in the raffle, and uh, you got a shot at this. And you know, win or lose, you know, feel good about uh, supporting something that I think uh, uh, all of us enjoy and oh, yeah. uh, can uh, mean better better beer across across the world. And keeping Zanishef Farms up yes, there in Elk Grove, Zanishef Estates, <laughs> alive yes, and estate. well. Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited. We need we need, uh, we need to hire uh, another gardener. the The grounds are too big for for the current team of four. <laughs> I'll send Chad. We're expanding up. that to five. So uh, you know, if you could if you could donate a little bit, that would I thought you were looking at some sheep, Jim. I'm always looking at sheep. (laughs) But not for gardening, Palmer. That's right. Well, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. This is is the weirdest thing. I'm thinking about this the other day. You know, all these sheep-rearing countries, like, you know, Scotland and New Zealand, and, you know, they're always talking about how, you know, the the, the people are, you know, having it on with the sheep, right? right? It's always, they're making fun of this. And I'm thinking to myself, well... If anywhere that raises sheep, they're making fun of them having on with the sheep. Sheep must be actually pretty good, you know, because <laughs> you, you don't you don't hear you know you don't hear about anybody saying no. They just like you know people say it's disgusting, but I'm thinking you know <laughs> you really were thinking about this. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I was. You a, were thinking about how good a lay the, these sheep must. This be. is how I spent my brew day yesterday. I'm thinking, yeah, 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 you know, it must not be so bad. I'm thinking this might be pretty good. I got, a, I, I got, I've got the acreage now. I think uh, I need to bring in some sheep, and uh, you know, a fever dream is what I think it was. <laughs> well, I it's mean, true because you don't well, hear it about other livestock. No, you only right. hear it about sheep. Yeah, you know? you're not hearing about this about goats. You're not hearing about cattle. You know, you're hearing oh, this about man. sheep. Yeah, and. I'm telling you, the people who are poo-pooing this whole thing are the ones who probably haven't tried it. Don't now, knock it right? until you've tried Don't it. Don't knock it until you tried it. And I'm figuring, well, maybe I should try, and then, you know, I could speak from experience. But, you know, you, you, you can't just, you know... Yeah. Uh, well, that is your philosophy no, in general. You don't right. like to speak on things until you don't even until care you if you've it. read it. You'd rather right, right. try it. All You'd this, rather experiment. All this, all, all <laughs> this experiment is a yeah. good word for it. Uh, you know, all this, all this nonsense on the internet about you know this, that, and the other on brewing. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, run some experiments. Try you know, it. Do some double blind. Do you know? Do some triangle <laughs> tests. Do all that. And then, double, uh, double blind. And, test and, and by the way, sheep. that's right. It's double blind. You put a blind. You blindfold the sheep. You blindfold yourself. Then it's double blind. It's okay. Yeah. It's you know. It's science. Don't ask. Don't tell. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. I think. I think it could be. You know. Uh, <sighs> and I. You know. I'm sure there are people out there mm-hmm. listening. Yeah. Who have have experienced this. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. You know. <laughs> oh man. Especially. Especially. From, I don't know from, the, from the lunch meat listeners. I bet you probably 50% of those people have. I was going to say that I don't know if that speaks for the character of our listeners or just the vast right. quantity of our listeners that yeah, somebody maybe, is. Maybe they're from Nebraska. I, th- I, think, I, think, I think from the vast quantity, yeah. there's got to be a couple out there. I mean, we've got way more than enough listeners that somebody out there right. grew up on a farm and, you know, you're young. <laughs> you're lonely. You're lonely. 
<laughs> you're, you're living on a big farm. Yeah. You don't get into town much. <laughs> and, you know, instead of, oh, you know, uh, the the can of Vaseline and the with, with the girly mags, you're, uh, you know, you're yeah. out in the barn with... Uh, yeah. Where did you grow up, Shad? I'm really looking <laughs> for New England. He's got a right. curious look on yeah. his face right now, like not contributing. Well, you know what? I'm, right. I'm, I'm writing this I question. I grew up in the city. I grew up in the city. Yeah. I'm writing this question down because in a couple weeks in the session, we're going to have a guy that grew up in New Zealand. Uh, oh, And yeah. he's brewing in uh, England, so we'll have to ask him that question. Please don't ask my guests if they've had sex with sheep. <laughs> the thing right. is, I think most people wouldn't admit it. Unless they were on the Brewing Network. Yeah, no. then, then, then they, you, they, for they some really reason, you feel comfortable to well, admit he, these sorts right. of things. What it is, is you have enough of Shat's IPA, yeah. and then you just start <laughs> spilling your guts. Well, and I think that's why Can You Brew It is doing so well, because, uh, you know, we get the, we get these uh, brewers onto the, the Brewing Network, and they, they want to spill their guts a little bit. And they, they'll, they'll, they'll talk about this sort of thing. All right. What do you got, Jay-Z? What are we, what are we talking about today, Jay-Z? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about sheep, having sex with sheep. sheep. Yeah. Have you been paying attention? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, yeah. you need to follow just along. Pay attention. Yeah, no. Somebody get a new guy to pay attention. Yeah. All right. Apologize. So, Apologize. So, so I got an email from Mark. And Mark said, Jamal, how's it going? Quick question. Every recipe in Brewing Classic Styles that uses Pilsner malt as its base malt. Uh, you comment to do a 90-minute boil to reduce DMS. Why is that? How is Pilsner malt different than pale malt? You know, what is DMS, and why do I care? Oh, man. Excellent question. Well, John, why? Why? You know, what is DMS? Uh, tell us that, and, and why, why should we care about it at all? Well, DMS is a very common uh, aroma uh, and flavor in beer. Um, it's a sulfide or sulfide compound, sulfur compound. There's a lot of sulfur compounds in you know, in beer and wort. Um, comes from the malt. Um, DMS or dimethyl sulfide is. Uh, it has a flavor threshold of about 30 parts per billion. So you know it's very easy to det- to detect. And it has a kind of a sweet corn, fresh corn kind of a flavor. Canned corn is often described as, um, or, or aroma. And uh, there's a, a host of other, you know, sulfur compounds that you can get in beer. Um, you get uh, diethyl sulfide, and that has a more uh, cooked vegetable or garlic kind of flavor to it. Right. Um, you've got uh, dimethyl disulfide, and that has more of a rotting vegetable aroma. Would that be DDMS? Uh, DMDS. Oh, yes. DMDS. Okay. Yeah. Uh, DMTS or trisulfide would be is again a kind of a rotting vegetable uh, kind of aroma. And then there are other uh, sulfur compounds such as uh, oh thio, uh, methyl thioacetate, which is a, a cooked cabbage smell. And ethyl and methyl mercaptans, um, mercaptan, of course, being your skunk precursors. And those, again, have uh, rotting vegetable or onion aromas. And uh, so all of these different things are are in malt and can be in beer. Um, But dimethyl sulfide is the the big one. Now, John, I've, you know... Had a lot of things said about my beer, but rotting vegetables is not one I like to hear. Is it really right. that? I don't like to hear it, but you hear well, it. But I do. <laughs> but is it, 
<laughs> and other than my, actually, I brought I brought a sample of, of DMS into the studio. We might talk about later, yeah, check, but check, but check this stanky thing. Is out. is uh, is it really that pronounced? I mean, it, now Jamil here has is you know. It, it, I don't know what you master beer judge now or, or whatever you are. You've tasted a lot of home brews. We've all, you know, being beer geeks, have tasted a lot of commercial brews. Is it that present in a lot of beers? To, to one extent or another, um, it's in a lot of a lot of uh, more pale beers. Um, yeah, any, anything that uses a real pale malt or pilsner malt type uh, as its base grains, you tend to detect it um, in most of those, and. Um, Especially when people are trying to go really pale on a beer, um, you tend to pick up, pick up some levels of those. Some are better than others. Some are outrageous, but uh, uh, it tends to be present in some some little factor. But John, you know, you're saying right there that uh, you know the 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 whole reason for worrying about DMS is because it's stanky. Right. Well, right? it's it it's 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 not necessarily that. It is. Uh, it has a very low. Uh, aroma threshold. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy yeah, it's to stanky. detect. Very easy and stanky. <laughs> yeah. And, but DMS is considered uh, part of the character of fine lagers. Right. You you look for a little of it, um, to, but to, it's, to it's very easy to get a lot of it. Yeah. Extent. Yeah. It is, is acceptable, but not necessarily preferred. Right. It, it, it's, um, but if you take out all the DMS, the, the beer seems to lack character. Right, so, I mean, like it, we were talking about uh, esters and lagers. You know, exactly. lagers. You know, people people think, oh, I want this. You know, super clean lager. I want you know, like no flavor, no fermentation flavor right. in it, or no fermentation character in it. That's like you're gonna, you know, might as well take some, uh, you know, purified alcohol and and pour it in, uh, you know, with some grains and you know, call that beer. It's it's gonna be horrible. You know, you, yeah. you know, and like John saying, oh, come on you, you need a little, you know, a little bit of these these things really uh, build up the the character of a of a great lager. It's it's you know it's subtle notes of all these things versus you know something that's uh, and we call that clean, but really you know we're right. detecting all these things together. Now, now, but to to go back to the the reader's question, right? You know, why do we why do we talk about a ninety minute boil for right. lagers? Right. Well. Uh, the way DMS works is that uh, DMS forms by composite, uh, decomposition of precursors due to heat. And the precursors are SMM or S-ethylmethionine okay. and DMSO or dimethyl sulfoxide. These are two you know, precursors. They're found in malt. And uh, when, when they... When these compounds break down due to heat, they turn into dimethyl sulfide, which is uh, very volatile and and it is more easily uh, you know more easily comes out of the malt and wort and beer right. than the precursors do. Now, now, so, DM, I think it's something like diacetyl, which is a metabolic pathway, like that the yeast, you know, in right. production of alcohol. This is different, right? That's right. This is purely a, a chemical uh, reaction. Right. Uh, it's uh, these compounds are produced in the living areas of the seed, in the alerone layer, um, in the pericarp, and you know near the husk. Right. And uh, they're just and these precursors are destroyed by heat, and so 
um, in very pale malts, ones that are only lightly kilned, like Pilsner malt, okay, uh, um, there is a lot of precursor that's not destroyed. Okay, and so you end up with a lot of precursor going into your work. Okay, so in a in a Pilsner malt, you're more worried about getting DMS in your beer. The, the more no, lighter not PMS DMS. Oh, P- oh, I'm sorry. I'm the, sorry. The, the more <laughs> wife's gonna kill me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and Flo's visiting, and I can't get off the subject. The the the, the more lighter kilned the malt, right. the, the more lower the temperature of the kilning of the malt right. to make a really light colored malt. The more SMM it's gonna have, and the more uh, DMS potential it has. Okay. Okay. The That's the right. more highly kilned you get to like a dark Munich. Sure. And it's made from like the same base grain. It has very little uh, SMM left because of the heat and the duration of the the kilning uh, converts that SMM uh, and drives it off. Okay. In, in an off right. gas. But but in all reality, you guys, when you're brewing a beer, you know, most beers are primarily a base malt, which is a lighter malt, right. and then maybe just a little bit of a dark malt. So when you say little bit, little sense, bit, like, well, but yeah. remember <laughs> we have know. different levels of right. pale malt. Right. We have uh, we have Pilsner malt. We have American Two Row, which is generally kilned a little bit higher than, than uh, uh-huh. Continental Pilsner, and then you've got British Pale Ale malt, which is which is pretty pretty, pretty dark. dark. Yeah. Yeah. So then you act almost toasted, and then you go into your Vienna and your Munich that are highly kilned, and then you know where that's they've driven off. You know most of the SMM, as Jamil says. So, but but the difference there between a Pilsner malt, maybe two lava bond, and a a Maris Otter, you know, pale malt, maybe four. That's uh, considerable difference. Is it really? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. It's, it's enough a, it's of a enough, difference. It's enough okay. to drive off most, and you know, at that point, you get to a sixty-minute boil. You're driving off the rest. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. It makes sense. So it's not exactly a metabolic pathway, per se. It's something that happens in the boil. But then, you know, people tell me, okay, you know, I've heard vigorous boil. You know, this is right. how you prevent DMS, vigorous boil. What does that mean? And, and why would that do anything to DMS? Well, okay. L- like I said, you have the precursor that's, that's uh, broken down into DMS by heat. Right. If you have a slow simmer, you're you're or let, uh, yeah, you're have if you have a slow simmer, you're breaking the precursors down to DMS, putting the DMS into solution, but you're not really driving it off. You know okay. that that word's just simmering. It's it's not being it's not boiling, and you know the evolution of the gases from the boil are not carrying that DMS away. Well, okay. it's like uh, you know if if you're if you're chilling your beer your wort slowly. Before pitching, right? Anything over like one seventy Fahrenheit, I guess, is yeah, uh, EDC producing right. is, DMS. Is producing DMS, but it's not going anywhere. You need the bubbling the, to to drive the the volatiles off of the, of the liquid. So why then would a sixty minute versus a ninety minute boil make any difference with DMS? Well, well half lives. Okay. Yeah, Sounds like it, again, to me, you're but, talking right. about the amount of precursor that you have in that in that word, right? Um, you know, pale pilsner malt versus pale ale malt. Pale ale malt, you can get away with a you know 40 minute, 60 minute boil. It will drive off the the DMS that forms. With the pilsner malt, you have a lot more precursor, and again, as Jamil mentioned, the, the half life of uh, the precursor SMM. At 100 C is about 38 minutes. 
It's a short half-life. At boiling. Well, and, and, okay, so so here's what a half-life is. And I, I think a, a lot of people may not know, know what, what a half-life is. All right. <laughs> so uh, you, you're given half-life, uh, in this case, at boiling, 38 minutes. 38 minutes at boiling, uh, you have half as much SMM left. Okay? Okay. You do another 38 minutes at boiling, you have half of that amount left. So, uh, you know, each time you, you get 50% as much remaining after that, right? So it's it's not, uh, you know, it's not like you do, you know, uh, two 38-minute boils and then have zero. It's uh, down to a quarter at that right. point. Right, right. So, uh, you know, generally speaking, you know, about 100 minutes is where, you know, pills or malt, the half-lives... And, you know, boiling with a vigorous boil gets you to a point where it's at an acceptable level of uh, DMS in okay. fresh beer. That's right. Okay. And when, you've, when you cool down, let's say you're, you're in a professional brew, you'd be putting the, the uh, wort through a whirlpool. Or if you're doing a slow chilling, you know, uh, the half-life at 6 degrees <laughs> C lower at 94 C is uh, the half-life, uh, well, it, doubles um the half light increases to 76 minutes okay so um and if you go six degrees lower than that down to what would that be 88 degrees c then uh that that half life doubles again so you'd be up to like 150 so minutes one, so one of you, the, the 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 things that uh you know sign up for that uh whirlpool chiller you know if you're not already donating oh. the 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 brewing network Whirlpool chiller, you, you can drop, uh, you know, 100 degrees of uh, uh, Fahrenheit of uh, temperature uh, very rapidly, you know, in, in a couple minutes with a Whirlpool chiller. Right. And Eat. that gets you below, you can get below that 170 point so rapidly that, uh, you know, in less than a minute that uh, you're, not, you're not producing that. If, you're, if you don't have a device like that, then you're going to want to make sure that, you know, if you're using Pilsner Malt, you're doing at least a 90-minute boil. Right, and and now I look in Brewing Classic Styles, which is my favorite reference guide to all that is recipes. Right, <laughs> I think it's, it's it's an excellent book, and and uh, actually uh, tonight there's going to be uh, signed copies put up in the store. There you go. Uh, you know they come and they go. If you if you do want a signed copy, uh, you can buy them only on the Brewing Network, and you can get that uh, uh, tonight. Uh, this, you're listening live. This book raises all these. DMS questions I got to ask. I'm glad we have a full show here because one of the things here is pretty much every recipe, light beer, dark beer, in the book you say in, when we're doing an all grain recipe, increase 90 minutes boil to reduce DMS. Now, well, when when it's a pilsner malt or, or it's a really malt. light lightly kiln malt, okay. base malt, yeah, right. And, and and we talked a little bit about that, but if you are there any specific styles of beer you would say, okay, you can boil 60 minutes if you and, and We'll talk a little later about a Whirlpool chiller, I imagine, which is a huge... I mean, that's my, my favorite, single favorite item that I have in my brewing, you know, arsenal, as it were. I think that greatly increased the quality of my beer. But what are what recipes, no matter what I've got, let's say a standard immersion chiller, a brewing extract method, am I going to be able to do to reduce DMS in my beer? Or what recipes do I only need to boil 60 minutes? Because 90 minutes is a pain in the rear. It's 30 more minutes. I'm standing around watching a boil. Yeah, you know, come on, have yourself another beer. Well, go rub one out. We don't all, we don't all have your beer to drink. Half the time we're drinking our own beer on tap, Jamil. <laughs> well, yeah, it goes it goes back to recipe and style. Yeah, 
Um, right. You've got again your 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 uh, malt selection. Uh, you know if you if you if you substituted American Pale or excuse me American uh, Two Row instead of you know Pilsner malt for say a Munich Hellas. I mean Jamil's talked in, in shows before about you know flavor differences that you know makes in doing so, but um, you're going to have you know less precursor in an American two row than you would in a Pilsner malt. Okay, and you could you could reduce your boil time you know accordingly. Um, you know I don't know let's let's split the difference. Call it uh, you know an hour and fifteen minutes. Um, if you if you do that with a pale malt brewing the Munich Hellas again wrong really wrong malt for the style, but uh, because you've reduced that precursor. You could get away with an hour boil. Okay, so reduce boiling reduces the precursor. A nice vigorous boil reduces well, it, it, converts it to the converts the, it. Okay. the precursor, and then it it's blown Boils off it as off. a volatile right. uh, aromatic. So, so a standard rule off. for us Joe home brewers is using Pilsner malt, boil it ninety minutes. Using uh, uh, pills, let, let's let's say a pale malt or marisotter. You could if you want, but maybe not necessary if minutes. you have other methods. Right, right, right. right. Okay. And um, <laughs> the IPA is written all over Jamil's face right now. He's like yeah. on glass if, number if five. Want, if you want, to, in, <laughs> in, in European breweries, you know, they're brewing lagers where they want a little bit of DMS character. Right. I mean, um, in you know, technology of brewing by Coons, they say that I mean they actually you know predict the amount of precursor that they're going to have left in the wort at the right. end of the boil. Well, and, and, you and know, they control that. Here's the thing, you know, uh, g- going for this, uh, you know, uh, amount of DMS in the beer, I think, you know, most most brewers should go with, you know, you should strive for, for none. And mm-hmm. if, if somebody's actually picking it out, it's too much. Okay. If it's a subtle background note that you don't know about or people don't know about, but if... If it was missing, it wouldn't quite be the same beer. That's what what you're targeting. And the weird thing was, I was at this party with uh, my wife's friends. And you lost your voice? And I lost my voice. I knew I was going to lose it eventually. I told you I was sick. Um, I'm I'm dying here. But i got to tell this story. Um, I I was there... uh, and uh, you know the the host was saying, hey, "Oh yeah, we got you like beer? Oh, we got all we got all sorts of great beers here. Now go back to the cooler there. You're gonna find you know some really great flavorful beers." I'm like, "All right, sweet. You know, I gotta hang out with my wife's friends, but there's gonna beer, be some great right? beer, right?" Yeah, so I go yeah. back to the cooler. I flip that bad boy open. I'm ready to get my get my drink on. Right. And uh, and what I what I what I see in there is. Uh, they got Corona. Oh, there you go. They got, there you uh, go. They got Rolling Rolling Rock, which oh, is a DMS beer. There you go. Green bottle. And, green and, bottle. And they've they've got uh, Heineken in the green bottle. Oh, you have so you have clear bottle, green <laughs> bottle, green <laughs> bottle. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. And Rolling Rock, you know, it, at the time, I, I don't know if they they're still brewing it or if they changed it. But uh, at the time, it was the DMS uh, beer, and, and it was just. I'm looking at this. I'm like, I've. I've I was stunned. I, I couldn't believe that, like, three <laughs> totally jacked-up beers, and it, they were more flavorful than your average, you know, uh, industrial lager, but, um, you know, they were more flavorful for the wrong reasons. <laughs> it was right, just, uh, right. So uh, the point of the story is um, 
Uh, there is no point in the story, but you know, you, you really, you really should be striving for no DMS. And if you get a, you know, a, a subtle background right. out there, you know, it's it's not something you pick out and go oh, DMS. But you know, if you're if you're to, uh, you know, run that through the spec and and and, and you know, th- that's an acceptable level. But there, there, yeah. there are some very. I'm sure we'll get to it in a little bit, but some very specific things that you can take do to reduce DMS in your beer, uh, whether it's equipment. Whether it's process that I'm sure we'll probably talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it, what what it's safe to say at this point is that using good homebrewing practice, the more you can do uh, to drive the DMS level down, the better. Um, there's there's really no there's no point for a homebrewer with uh, with our malts and equipment to try to uh, generate DMS okay. in the beer. Okay. All right. Now, uh, let me get us to a quick break. Going to take a real quick break, pay some sponsors here, and then uh, Palmer's going to pick up DMS when we come back. Nick's got a lot of questions, so we'll take care of all of it, and uh, we're going to punch Jay Z in the throat while we're we're at it. Hang in there. It's uh, Bruce Strong. We'll be right back. Give him a smoothie. (laughs) Brew right. Brew smart. Brew strong. This is Brew Strong. Notice the pathetic look on the face of the Brewcaster poster boy? That's the look of a child that survives on ramen noodles and home brew. Subprime Meltdown doesn't even begin to describe what this kid has been through. He lives this grim existence for his army, the Brewing Network Army. Times are tough for everybody. It's like getting stuck in time two days before payday. Cash is tighter than a post-it IOU stuck in a stripper's sweaty G-string. The unicorn's horn is limp and the rainbow has lost its color. But you can help change all that. If you were to take that sparkling change in your pocket and plop it on the table for the BN instead of that extra pint at happy hour, then the world could be a brighter place. When you buy a round for the BN, you buy a round for yourself and your fellow soldiers. And that's what it's all about. That and being entered into the reoccurring donor monthly raffle. So step up and start your own economic stimulus package. For just a few bucks a month, you can stimulate the unicorn, the rainbow, and a brewcaster. Hit that donate button just like you'd hit on that crazy bitch at the bar right after last call. You'll be really happy about it in the morning. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. And the new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess... 
the, the more beer, beer deal, deal of the day. day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. White Labs. It's all in the vial. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Guru Network. Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. I can talk again. Through the, through the miracles of water. Who would have thought water would, would, would be such a good uh, thing to drink? I don't know. All right, so we're talking DMS. Not PMS, as Nick was thinking, but DMS. <laughs> yep, good old dimethyl sulfide. Oh, yeah. Corn. Now, at what point in time does this become actually truly evident in the beer? I mean, is there like a part per million type thing or, you know? Yeah, well, it's th- 30 parts per billion. Per billion? Yeah. Oh. It's got a very low threshold. Yeah, DMS is, is uh, one of those things that pops up pretty easily. And, and that's why, right. again, you should be trying to minimize it as much right. as possible. You'll never get to zero or, you know, it's it's difficult to get to zero. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, the, and there's other methods that, uh, it's not just the boil that produces DMS, right, John? There's, there's other ways that DMS can form in your beer. Well, that's right. What? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, Jesus, you learn a few learn things. something new every time. <laughs> well, where else yeah, can it form? The other, the other precursor, the, uh, DMSO or dimethyl sulfoxide, um, that, particular precursor is not uh, doesn't break down by heat very much um, but it's water soluble so you will get uh, quite a bit of that precursor um, surviving into the wort and into the into the fermenter uh, and the yeast can convert uh, DMSO into DMS um, you know you'll notice that in a lot of your lager fermentations you'll smell you know hydrogen sulfide during right, fermentation right. sure well the yeast, you know, can convert sulfur compounds, and DMSO, they will convert into DMS. Now, the rate and so on, it's all, you know, yeast strain dependent and such, but uh, that can happen. Okay. So, if I'm going to reduce, like for a practical home brewer, I mean, you, you know, you got a lot of chemistry knowledge here, but for, you know, the, the thing that the most of us are going to be doing in our garage on a Saturday afternoon, what are we going to do to reduce DMS in our beer? On a budget, by the way. Yeah. Well, uh, malt selection first. 
Um, you know, again, if you're trying to brew a very pale lager, a Munich Helles, you know, a German Pils, and so on, you're going to want to use that kind of, you know, a good Pilsner malt that has a lot of precursor in it. Right. You, th- you therefore need to take the step of doing a longer boil to make in a, in a good vigorous boil, and not something that's leaping out of the kettle. But I mean, you want a good, you know, bubbling boil. You don't want something that's just simmering. Right. If it's just simmering, that DMS, the, the precursors will be converted to DMS, but the DMS will not be evolved off. It won't volatize out. So that's why you want the rolling boil. You want to, to form that DMS, and you want to get that DMS to volatize out of the work. Well, let's, let's uh, you know, I, I think this was a surprising thing for you, Nick, when we right. first brewed together. You're right. like... Is that all the boil you do? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I, right. Like mine's like flame and boil, man. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Now, when we're talking a rolling boil, rolling boil is where I mean, if you get any sort of round, kind of lumpy looking uh, surface on your on your work, that's a rolling boil. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, simmer is where little bubbles are just barely breaking right. the surface, and the surface isn't really changing. Right. You, what you what you want to do is turn over the liquid in the kettle, right? This is the whole kind of um, uh, uh, yeah, purpose of the systems. boil, right? Yeah. It's, it's 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 kind of you know exchanging uh, liquid that's at the bottom with liquids at the top, right? And so when you see those curves happening on the surface, that's a rolling boil. It doesn't need to be leaping out and hitting you in the face. And when I first started brewing. You know, people are, you can't boil hard enough. You can't boil hard enough. It's like, well, you can, and you can cause mm-hmm. other problems. And, right. and I think we, you know, did, we did a show Melanoids, on melanoids. Yeah. Right. Where we talk about that. Go back to the archives, and uh, they're free. Uh, you know, and uh, listen to that show. Y- you can overboil. Um, so y- you want to get the exchange at the surface, and that's really all you need in order to off-gas this, these volatile, right. volatile aromatics. Does that count for both all grain and extract, or is there a difference between the two? Uh, the, the same, the same. Okay. I mean, yeah. you know, once yeah. you're, you're worked. Now, now the the extract has been processed, right? And and part of the process, you know, they they do a you know a low temperature boil under vacuum, things like that. That, but uh, you know, because of the vacuum, there is some DMS that's driven off, and uh, you know, you can usually get away with a shorter boil, right? On, on, on the extract, right. I get some DMS in a jar here. Right. I'm gonna. I now how I made this was. I took Jamil's advice, and he said, "Oh, he took my advice." He said, "And I made crap." He said, "Make some starter wort." And what he said is, "You know, pre-boil some wort, and then put it in your Nalgene containers and seal it up. And if it's boiling, it'll be sanitized. You can use that to make starters." No, 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 no. I I said, "Sterilize." (laughs) This this has been sitting autoclave. This has been sitting for two and a half years. I've been afraid to use it, but it's the only (laughs) application I could find because it smells like stench. It smells like there's cabbage, more. There's green more going on. There's puke. more. Co- I don't need to smell it a second time. There's more going on in there. Maybe John would enjoy this. I don't know. But, Here you go, Justin. Take you know, a smell. The, Take a whiff. Tell me know, what the, you get. The, the, the DMS, the, Justin. The stench in there is is more than just DMS. I'm sorry. Fresh Brussels sprouts. There, yes. Justin goes. Hey, it smells like homebrew to me. <laughs> Fresh you ass, guys ass beer sprouts. doesn't smell yes. like this. Oh man, yeah. this is bad stuff. It's bad. <laughs> oh. 
I will yeah. make a start out of that. It's beyond yeah. uh, it's beyond the corn uh, smell of DMS. It's gone it's, into it's, grape and, yeah, and vegetables. all it's, sorts it's of the vegetable. corn that's coming out of your ass type of corn. Yeah, it's enjoy, a corn enjoyed a second time. That yeah. <laughs> you get there. Well, remember, you're not you going to drink this. There are lots of it. No, yeah, it's yours. <laughs> yeah, you, you can have that. Well, nice. get you a glass. You're going to carbonate it to the Smithsonian, I think maybe, and it'll be one of his best beers yet. Oh man, it's true. It's true. It's true. Actually, he did have a couple of good beers. One or two. I was actually quite pleased. Mm-hmm. One or two. So, so, all right. So the average Joe really is going to be affected by, whether it's extract, all grain, is going to be affected by DMS, depending on the recipe. Uh, beyond a 60 or 90 minute boil, what else can you do to reduce DMS? Oh, you know, and, and John, before we get to that, let's get, let's get back sure. to the boil. Here's one question that I don't know the answer to. And uh, I'm very curious. And I, Why are I think, you so good looking? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so good looking? No, no. no. Um, uh, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, melanoidins and head retention and the effect of a concentrated boil. Right. Uh, so what would the effect of a concentrated boil be on uh, DMS? Is that, uh, is that affected, uh-huh. I wonder? You know, that's a good question. I, I don't know yeah. for sure either. I think, um, I think we'd have to run some tests, get some yeah. lab work done. Yeah. Because uh, it may impact it, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at uh, an all-grain brew of um, a strong ale or a barley wine, but you know, using a high mm-hmm. percentage of pale malt, mm-hmm. um, then you'd be getting lots of precursor in there. Right, right. So, so the higher the, the gravity of the boil... Uh, you know, precursor concentration versus uh, volume versus uh, time, yeah, and the half life, and uh, yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever uh, amount you start you with, could have, yeah, half life uh, is going to be half of that after you know thirty eight minutes. So if you're starting with more for the volume you have, of course, when you thin that out with water later on, mm-hmm. um. You know that yeah. would that would reduce the amount of DMS in the final right. uh, volume, mm-hmm. huh? And that's that's probably how that's probably how some of the uh, you know today's lager breweries uh, can get, get have less. Well, I was going to say, I mean, but Budweiser we know does you know air stripping of their wort to get the DMS out, um, mm-hmm. but potentially you know these but they they are doing high gravity ferment ferments. High gravity boils, high gravity ferment, and then dilution in packaging in a lot of cases. Um, so they would be reducing DMS levels by dilution, but they also do use other other means to reduce DMS, such as air stripping, mm-hmm. uh, which we, which we wouldn't be doing. But um, yeah, that's that's a good question. I don't know. I might be doing some stripping. <laughs> uh, you're you're stripping before you brew. It's not the same. You can get a strip during the brew. I'm stripping after I drink. I think that's that's when I'm stripping usually. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you when you brew. You got the sanded, you know the uh, the uh, whole biohazard suit on, so you better be stripping. And the boots. <laughs> oh, so um, let's see where were we? We had oh yeah, we, there there is DMS that can be converted uh, in the wort after the boil during fermentation by the yeast uh, breaking down the the precursors. Um, if you store the beer warm, um, you know, SMM and DMSO breakdown can also occur. 
um, over time. You know, very very slow rate, but it it occurs. So uh, you know, if you've got a logger that you're storing warm in the garage, um, chances are you could end up with more DMS, you know, a month from now than you have you know at, at the when you first brewed it and first starts drinking it. Um, let's see what else. Um, I guess I, that that about covers I guess the the technical side of it. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any other uh, questions about it? Um, more food for thought. Well, I got I, you know it may be coincidence, maybe not. I don't know. I'm, I can't prognosticate. But the fact that we have a whirlpool chiller available in yeah, the uh, brewing yeah, network yeah. option, but this to yeah. me, I was getting some DMS in my beer, and I switched to the whirlpool chiller mm-hmm. method. Uh, and it was primarily I, I love like German lagers are my favorite style of beer. Mm-hmm. So I'll uh-huh. brew Munich Hellas. I've worked probably in thirty batches trying to perfect this style of beer. Right, and, and you w- you fly to Germany and bring I back. Uh, I bring back German yeah. Hellas's all the it's time. Just, this and is my like thing. Your, the Munich thing. Hellas is like my thing, and I just did, I wish we had better examples of the style here. And uh, John Plisse, by the way, brews one of the best Munich Hellas's out there. But your yours is excellent. You've you've tasted some of mine occasionally, and. Uh, you're damning me here with faint praise. I am. All right. Thank I you am. very much. But but the, the the thing is, when you're brewing a lighter beer, this whirlpool chiller right. made a huge yeah. difference in my beer. Why did it do that? Well, well you, you want to drop from boiling down. You want to get down past 170 Fahrenheit or 80 C as rapidly as possible. So even if, if I do a can, 90 minute boil, I still got to drop the temperature down fast, right? It it all helps. Yeah. You know, it, it, you, you want to reduce the precursors. You want to get those precursors to in the boil you're trying to get the precursors that you have right. to convert to DMS and you want to boil them out. Okay. When, you know, so that's that's the the idea behind the boil. Now, when you shift from boiling down to cooling and fermenting, you know, you don't have the volatilization of the boil that's driving the DMS off. So right. if you cool slowly, again, uh, you know, and as I mentioned earlier, when you when you start going down, the half life you know goes up, and uh, the DMS is still being generated. So if you have leftover D- if you have leftover precursor from your boiling process. Uh, it can convert, still convert to DMS okay. in this slow cooling process from 100 down to 80 C. Okay. And uh, since there's, it's not boiling, that's going to stay in the liquid. So with a regular immersion chiller, it may take 20 minutes to get my beer down to a decent temperature. Uh, let, let's say, like you said, below 80 degrees C or what, like 140, 150. It may take right. you know five, six, seven, ten minutes to get there. With the Whirlpool chiller, I'm there in about one minute. Well, and, so that's and, the reason why my DMS, I'm not getting as much DMS right. in my beer. And that's okay. right. And here's one of the problems with something like a counterflow chiller. The bulk of your wort is sitting there hot. Just you resting know, just, there just, hot. Yeah, right. Be, be, right. You know, just under right. boiling. And it'll sit there for, you know, uh, 10, minutes or 10, 15 minutes, whatever it takes to run right. through your counterflow chiller. Sure, the counterflow chiller 
cools very quickly, but it, it cools a very small amount of wort very right, quickly. Right, right. So the rest is, is you know, so if you're going to use a counterflow chiller, or you're going to use an immersion chiller, you're going to want to, uh, uh, you know, make sure you, you've got an adequate boil. You're getting the roiling boil, like, like John's saying, right. uh, for a minimum of 90 minutes uh, when, if you're using a Pilsner malt. And you might go to 100, 120 minutes. Okay. So I got a question. If you were to use... The Jamil Janusf style whirlpool chiller, immersion chiller, which allows you to whirlpool and do all kinds of other great things. Could you then do a sixty minute boil on every type of beer? Would you feel comfortable doing that? I think you. No. Yeah. I, I, well, I think you can. I think. Um, you know the 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 thing is there's other there's other things that happen with the longer boil that mm-hmm. uh, I'm uncomfortable losing. So okay. Yeah. High, That's why I was going to do it with the no answer on it. The, the melanoid, right, right. You know, there's okay. there's, a, there's a lot of, there's a lot involved there. Now there are certain beers that that I do at sixty minutes. Okay. Uh, you know, or shorter boils. Uh, you know, so they are you know like fifteen minutes. You know, Rolling and there's wise. there's yeah there's various things where you're gonna you're gonna shorten your boil. For various reasons, but in general, uh, you know, you're going to stick to the 90, okay. especially with Pilsner malt. Okay, so that makes so pretty much any beer that's a bulk of Pilsner malt, then we, we should probably be doing a 90-minute boil, no matter what. Yeah, because okay. it gives you the best chance to reduce your precursors and evolve the DMS to you know reduce the amount you got going to the fermenter. And again, that's whether it's extract or all-grain brewing, we do it, right? Well, extract, <laughs> you can get away with 60. Okay. But, but right. you know... Even you know, once you do that, you know, whirlpool chiller, you know, rapid chilling of the entire wort is is a good thing. Okay, all right. Uh, really, you know, for a, a variety of reasons, hop character, uh, you know, protection from uh, uh, environmental uh, bacteria, wild yeast, things like that. Right. Uh, you know, the quicker you can, you know, chill it down, uh, break formation, things like that. Okay. So. Now, now, what about uh, I force carbonate? So. Uh, yeah, I've noticed that with diacetyl in my beer, if I ever get diacetyl, no amount of carbonation seems to get rid of it. But with DMS, if I notice a little bit maybe after mm-hmm. day two or three, then by the time my beer sat for a week or two, it's actually gone away a little bit. Does carbonation affect DMS? Well, it helps evolve it. Right. If you, what, what does that you mean? Could, well, it helps evolve it. What does that mean? All right. So, so Plisse uh, called me up and, and, and said, hey, you know, I got this beer and it's got uh, – you know, it's got this, you know, various characters at various times. Right. You know, diacetyl and acetaldehyde, the only way you're going to reduce that is by yeast activity. Okay. So you can add a little yeast or you can just warm up the beer and let it sit for a little while and the yeast will consume those things. If it's not too intense, it'll it'll reduce them down. If, okay. Especially if the diacetyl was not from a, a contaminant. Okay. The, uh, you know, something like DMS, you can actually, uh, you know, carbonate it. Bleed it off, carbonate it, bleed it off. You know, uh, you open the purge valve on the keg, right, right. and just let the CO two bubble through and carry away some of that that DMS. You can okay. actually uh, off gas some of those those aromatics. Okay. Of course, you're stripping out any hop character and a lot of other character. Right. And if you're foaming it up, you're actually eating up some of those uh, head uh, forming proteins that that are right. And right. Uh, listen to our 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 head retention uh, show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense, though. So you can actually get, you know, if you taste a little DMS in the beer right after fermentation, you know, carbons, the scrubbing of the CO2 action will actually sort of kind of help right. that out then, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. 
right. simple, practical things that home brewers can think of. Right. I like it. Uh, look, let's take a short break, and when we get back, uh, let's get into question from the chat room. This, this show's done live, and uh, you can uh, ask your questions on the chat. Back after this. Smart. Brew Strong. This is Brew Strong. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. And the new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew sand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. The Brewing Network brings together the winner of the Sam Adams Long Shot Competition and the most awarded home brewer in history to do battle in the next chapter of The Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Every episode, Jamil Zanishev and Mike McDowell lay their reputations on the line to brew your favorite commercial beer and put their results to the test. Perfect match or perfect drain pour. Tune in for the recipes, techniques, and interviews with the pros that answer the question, Can You Brew It? The Jamil Show, Can You Brew It? airs every other Monday on the Brewing Network. White Labs, your source for maltose mowing monsters, announces the White Labs Platinum lineup for 2009. Looking for out-of-the-ordinary yeast to make the best beer possible? The Platinum strains from White Labs are only available for a limited time and make your homebrew stand out. Through February, find Australian Ale, Essex Ale, and Dusseldorf Alt Yeast. March and April, it's Nottingham Ale, Abbey 4, and Mexican Lager Yeast. And May through June, don't miss Premium Bitter Ale, Belgian Wit 2, and Belgian Bastogne Ale Yeast. Keep up with all the great yeasts in the White Labs Platinum Program at whitelabs.com, where you can also join the White Labs Customer Club. Brew with the freshest and most unique yeast with the White Labs 2009 Platinum Strains. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's so easy. Just throw it together. Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Beer. 
Network. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zainashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking DMS, and I think I think we've done a pretty good job of answering Mark's question about why you know pills from all ninety minute boils, DMS, and all that. Uh, John, I, th- I think uh, I think you've uh, done a yeoman's job of uh, covering <laughs> this you. topic. And uh, you know, one of the great things about the Brewing Network, this isn't just a podcast. We do podcast these things so you can catch up if you, if you haven't uh, had the chance to listen live. But if you get a chance to listen live, you, know, you go to thebrewingnetwork.com, you click on that, uh, you know, listen now, and, and then there's the chat button there. Right. And you get into the chat room. You don't have to enter in any passwords or anything. Just type in a name that you want to be seen in the chat room by and, and, and enter. And uh, you get to converse with uh, like-minded people during the show, and you get to ask questions. And uh, right now we're going to cover questions people had uh, during the show. Justin, what do we got from the chat? Got a few questions. A lot of recaps, once again, uh, just people wanting to clarify things. So, Palmer, uh, sure. a question that kind of came through quite a bit was whether or not DMS is a concern for extract brewers. I know you guys covered how it's a concern for everybody. but uh, Yeah, well, let, let's, let's look at extract in just a minute. Okay. Um, in, in, in extract, uh, when they make extract, you know, they're starting out with a full mash. They're making a, making a wort. And then what they do is they, they actually boil that. They, it's like they're, they're starting to brew beer. Uh, you know, they're either adding hops or they're not, depending on the type of extract, but it is being boiled. And so you're getting, you're getting your protein breakout. You're starting that DMS, you know, volatilization and, and con, I mean, conversion and volatilization to get the DMS out of the wort. Um, and then they take it to, uh, you know, low pressure boiling. Well, they put it inside an evaporator and, you know, and bring the pressure down so they can boil it at lower temperatures. That allows them to reduce the Maillard reaction, so it reduces the browning. Uh, helps keep the the flavor from changing as they get it down to you know a very high concentration low water uh, that would happen if you try if you just did a straight boil well you know maple syrup as an example you know you start with clear water and you end up with maple syrup because it's that constant long boil that generates these browning reactions so right. in extract you they do it under uh, partial vacuum so they can do it at lower temperature and keep the wort tasting the same. Well, that, you know, they are doing boiling, and they're doing a low-pressure boiling, which helps pull that DMS out. So uh, you will still get some DMS, and it's going to depend on the malts that they used to make that extract. Um, But uh, I would say, in in general, extract is going to be less than a... All, than of all grain beer made right. of the same uh, and, malts, and, and part of it is uh, so they're they're doing the lower temperature boiling. It, it's still boiling, which is volatile, you know, driving off that the DMS. But the half life of the SMM at the True. lower temperature is longer, and that's True. why you still need to boil the extract. Uh, yes. You know, some portion, and that's why a, a sixty minute boil will will suffice. Even if you're using a pilsner type extract. 
um, such as the excellent uh, Brees mm-hmm. uh, Pilsner uh, extract. Um, That's a good one, yeah. You know, you, you if you boil at sixty minutes, you know you're good. They've they've handled at least thirty minutes of it for you. So, bottom line is, if you're using a Pilsner malt extract and it's extract sixty minutes, no matter what, you're probably okay. You're probably safe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. And all grain ninety minutes. You you know go for that, right? Yeah. Okay. Pilsner malt ninety minutes. Okay. And chill as rapidly as you can. Yeah, because you want to. The idea is to get as rid of as much precursor up front as you can, and then what precursor you couldn't get rid of, you want to reduce the amount of time for it to form DMS and not evolve. Okay. That's part of a follow-up question I was going to give you, too, uh, because someone had asked about doing a partial mash. Um, they said they have 15% of the bill is grain, it's 10% pills, 5% Munich, and they wanted to know if a 90-minute boil is still recommended. Uh, probably not for that, because you've, you've reduced the amount of precursor in, you know, in the overall grain bill. Okay. You're, you know, you only you have a smaller percentage of Pilsner malt in that overall batch because it's just a partial mash. So, uh, again, a 60-minute boil is probably su- will probably be sufficient. Okay. Here's another question I thought was pretty good. Uh, it is, what does Jamil and John think of a uh, a simmering boil for the first 30 minutes? You know, just a you know, kind of a light simmer boil for the first 30, and then a vigorous boil for 30 to 45 minutes. And this person said that I hear that Germans do it a lot for commercial beer. I'm just passing on the info. I'm not corroborating here. Well, no, 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 no. Have Have you ever watched German porn? I mean, is that really what you want to be doing? Boo. Things that Germans are doing? Yes. Uh, that's it's and it, it's funny the, you mention that because German porn is, is, is not yes. some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is tre- tending back to, towards towards the sheep. Right. Um, you know the, the the thing is okay. Again, let's be very careful how we're defining our rolling boil, our simmering boil. Uh, a simmer is not a boil. Okay, I mean the simmer. You know, you get that. You know, about 175 Fahrenheit. It's not you know, a boil. You're, you're you're getting those little bubbles that are coming up, but the surface is still. Uh, you know, a, a boil, a rolling boil, is where the the surface is taking. You know, you're getting some turnover of the of the surface area. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's what it, it requires. And I would not go less than that surface turnover type of uh, of action. Yeah. Yeah, as Jimmy said, you want to see some shapes form on the surface. Uh, the, just the quivering, you know, the, the simmer, that's not enough. But again, yeah. I, I was under the impression that it needed to be this violent, you know, right. flame no. on Max. And then I'm bringing nope. with Jamil. He's got a light, not just little bubbles, but just a slight roll to it. Mm-hmm. And if, if, you, if, you, if you go to a commercial brewery and, and see what they're doing and making great beers, I mean, the, the, the word's barely turning over. I mean, you, you see some action there, but it, it's, it's pretty minor. If, if you have a thermometer on your boil kettle, if it's at 212, it's probably going to be fine. Oh yeah, I, I, uh, generally. And to go back to the to the question, I I don't know why you would want to just do a simmer for the first half. Right. I can't think of a good reason. Well, well if you, you save, want if you want to DMS in your ten, beer, <laughs> save ten cents in uh, propane. That's right. And again, you know, commercial breweries, and and this is another thing I was thinking about last time uh, I was brewing, which is like yesterday, is. Um, Cheap, you know, is uh, well, no, the, you know, the effect of uh, you know the the the, the brew house size on what you're doing, and um, 
you know the 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 necessity of the boils or uh you know uh you know the the amount of time in a whirlpool before the beer is chilled you know a lot of different things you know very different for uh you know the amateur brewer versus the the pro brewer and you know the the scale and size yeah. so yeah. so don't necessarily let what uh you know pro brewers are doing affect you know your decisions on what's best for your wort and uh, you know the beer that you're making, and and you know think through the processes and what you're trying to achieve, what they're trying to achieve, and and a lot of what they're trying to achieve is cost savings. Right, they're trying yeah. to make great beer, but they're, they're they're trying to do it as cheaply as possible. You're trying to make great beer, and if you spend twenty five cents more for five gallons of beer, it's probably okay. Right, especially on propane. Come on. Well, and, mm. and here's the thing: I'm, I'm down to more beer. And, uh, you know, somebody's in there, and, and they were asking about, like, Whirlflock tablets. And I'm like, hey, what's this? I said, oh, Whirlflock. I love Whirlflock. Yeah, it was great. And uh, I said, you know, I wouldn't brew without it. It's, you know, and they're like, well, you know, why would I do this? This is like, you know. 25 cents more This is like 25 cents yeah. more per, per batch. I'm like, it's 25 cents on a five-gallon. Oh, well, yeah, I, I don't have money to waste. Right. Twenty-five freaking cents. I mean, your other ingredients. I mean, come on, you know, right, just, just right. throw the freaking pellet in there and pay the twenty-five cents. So ninety-minute boil, a little uh, extra propane, yeah. totally worth it. Especially think, if you're doing a light log. Totally worth it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Any other questions? Yeah. Last question. Uh, you know, particular malts. Uh, this particular malt that this person was asking about was, say, a Belgian Pils. Mm-hmm. Do they require boils um, longer than 90 minutes? Is there anything you can think of that would want to be boiled longer than the, that? The, the lighter the love bond of the malt, the longer it needs to be boiled. Okay. Yeah. And a Belgian and, Pils is about... And you can get really technical by going into barley strain, yeah, uh, yeah. which is Whoa. more precursor than other, but uh, really, unless, <laughs> unless you're a pro brewer and trying to you know, calculate, I mean, measure all this. Uh, just, yeah, go off the little bond, like Jamil says. But is there uh, anything that requires longer than 90? I mean, it was well, kind of a specific... and 90 is actually kind of a, a cheaping out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, 100 is probably more appropriate. Okay. Really? Yeah, to get below, uh, you know, detection levels of uh, DMS <laughs> and the, the half-lives. And really? It's about okay. 100. I never knew that. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta adjust my ProMash recipes now. But again, you know, ninety will do it. You know, you know, whatever you've been doing, I, I think the thing to do though, you know, you do the ninety, you chill as quickly as you can. What do you I think do, Jay Z? Okay. You do a hundred. I do a ninety. You do, and I. I thought there was going to be some big Jay Z secret that you actually all these <laughs> no, years you've no. been doing a hundred, but saying ninety. No, I'm, I'm doing ninety. <laughs> yeah, so I do ninety nine and I, a half. I bring you vegetable uh, beer, and you tell 90. me to do you know six ninety. Oh, and tell me you, you really need to shorten your boil. That's, that's what it's going to work. my boil. Yeah. Right. Uh, go with fifty. Fifty. Forty. Oh God. All right. That's it from the chat. Once again, if you're looking for a more internac- interactive uh, brewing network experience, uh, hit the chat now button when we're live. And sign up for our Twitter account, the Brewing uh, Twitter.com slash Brewing Network, because all updates go there before they go anywhere. So if we've changed the time of one of the shows, or even if you just forgot that it was Brew Strong Night, you would have gotten an update 30 minutes in advance tonight that said, hey, Brew Strong's on. Come join the chat. So uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. Great. So uh, we kind of got into what DMS is. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the reason why you'd worry about it, you know, stanky beer. 
uh, you know, uh, a, a little bit's okay or a, a tiny amount's okay. Uh, but if you're thinking about it, then it's too much. And, uh, you know, what causes it? Uh, you know, it's, it's these precursors in the malt. The lighter kiln the malt, the more those precursors exist. The darker the malt, the less. Right. So uh, the lighter the love of bond of the, of the malt, uh, for a general rule, uh, the more SMM's going to be in there and the more uh, DMS potential you have and the longer you're going to want to boil. So, uh, you know, a 90-minute boil will generally take care of it. If you're an extract brewer, you can probably get away with 60. It's not a problem. If you find yourself with a DMS problem... Um, lengthen and, your boil. And, you know, lengthen yeah. the boil. If, if it's still there, then then it's coming from somewhere else. You've got some other problems at hand. Um and uh, you know, even even with a, a longer boil, you, you always want to chill as rapidly as you can. Man, and for heaven's sakes, enter that brewing network raffle. If you can get a whirlpool chiller, pff, DMS problem of the past. Right, right. Uh, so, so uh, that's essentially it. Uh, you know, uh, this is why it's important to, to boil. You know, we went over what what a proper boil is. You know, as long as the the surface is is roiling and your your uh, uh, you know, uh, exchanging surface liquid with uh, liquid from down down deep in the kettle. Uh, you know, it and and it's uh, at temperature. It's 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 uh, you know driving off those uh, that that DMS. So uh, not not really a problem. A little bit of a, a simmer with no action. Uh, not gonna not gonna cut it. Yeah, you're gonna have add a, adding DMS to your work by doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and same thing for a, a long uh, chilling time. Uh, right. One of the, one of the questions we also get that I don't think we we touched on was uh, you know in Australia there's a whole movement for the uh, no chill. They take yep. uh, they take their wort and they put it in a, uh, a plastic container. They fill it to the top oh. with boiling wort, and then they slosh it around so it sanitizes the entire right. inside, and then they let it cool overnight. Sounds horrible. And then they, they toss their yeast in the next day. Right. This is very similar to what you did with your, your Nalgene <laughs> my, container. My, yeah, my... Your my, very sour Nalgene my container. My vegetative beer. Yeah. Your very mm. nasty uh, Nalgene container. And... Um, yeah, people ask, oh, well, that, you know, what do you think about that? What do you think? I think, you know, DMS-wise, uh, if you boiled long enough before you threw it in the container, you wouldn't get so much DMS. Right. I think uh, bacteria-wise, wild yeast-wise, um, you're always running a risk. And, um, uh, you know... It could, it could be the malts they had, the, the barley strains they right, have making right. their malts from, that could be influencing that, too. Right. And, There's a lot um, of factors. You know, uh, also involved in that is uh, hop character and and utilization things like that. So, uh, I, I'm convinced you can make a very good beer with that no chill me- method. I don't think you could make the best beer possible uh, okay. with it. So, uh, kind of kind of in between. Anyways, uh, a little off track there, but I think uh, we covered the subject quite well. What do you yeah. What do you think, John? I, I think we did too, and I'm I'm glad you brought up the no chill method because I was kind of thinking about it in the back of my mind <laughs> right. but um, yeah but well, there are there are a lot of factors that can go into controlling dms uh, the big levers as it were are length of the boil and types of malts that you use and the time that the chill time too and the chill time that's right. i'd pull through that third but uh, again it's going to depend on uh, your processes you know and the more work you're trying to cool uh it's that's going to become a bigger factor Wow, I feel like I can make a beer now. 
It's great. <laughs> it's great. Well, and, and uh, you know, uh, the DMS, when people are, you know, when the judge is saying, you know, cabbage, corn, uh, you know, all that stuff, this is what we're talking about, and this is, is yep. going to get you dinged. You know, if it's anything other than they can't detect it or, you know, they, they really don't know that it's, it's a prevalent thing, uh, it's too much. So uh, yeah. you, you really want to pay attention to this to make, make the best beers possible. Wow. Okay, great. Thank you very much to our uh, sponsor for the uh, raffle, uh, More Beer, yeah. uh, B3, uh, Beer, Beer, and More Beer. You go to morebeer.com. They provided uh, the uh, Whirlpool Chiller. Oh, reduce the MS, baby. Get the Whirlpool Chiller. Yeah, there you go. And they provide a lot of other great stuff. They've got that new uh, social network, too, The Buzz. Uh, you can go check out. Go to morebeer.com, and you'll find all about it. But it's uh, you can have your own homepage within their website now. That really? You can share your pictures and share your... Uh, it's like the uh, Facebook... So, is there a lot beer. of nudity on that site? I don't know if they moderate it or not. It's not a BN uh, social network, so probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you can uh, you know just share your pictures of your brew day and make friends with other brewers and stuff. It's Great. become pretty oh, popular cool. since they put it up, so check that out, too. Great. Right. Those, those guys are so great for beer. Yeah. Northern Brewer, more beer. Those guys do so much. Yeah. Awesome show. Well, and and we'll be back with uh, more shows coming up uh, in not too long. If you're, if you're listening live, it's going to be probably about another month. If you're listening uh, on the podcast, it's going to be another two weeks. In between Brew Strong shows, we have uh, the Jamel Show, Can You Brew It?, where we challenge ourselves with... Uh, your requests for brewing great clone beers, you know, brewing the commercial beers that you love, that you're sick of paying uh, 10 bucks a six-pack for, yeah. we'll take it on. We'll we'll tell you how to brew that thing. And uh, What's the next one? Great. The next one is a Green Flash uh, mm. West Coast IPA. Yeah. Good beer. Which is, oh, man, that is, I'm looking forward to that one. And then I believe we also have Flossmore Station, uh, Pullman Brown. Oh. Another excellent beer. Mm-hmm. So great Yummy. stuff. And that's on, uh, you know, uh, alternating uh, Mondays with uh, Bruce Strong. And if you get a chance, uh, go to the store, pick up a copy of book, uh, shirts, whatever may have you. Bruce Strong. Palmer's book is in there, too. Don't forget oh, that. Oh, I How to Brew. I'm it's looking at my shelf, and I have three signed copies of How to Brew left. Oh, that's the greatest jump book ever. On, jump on them right now. <laughs> Bruce Strong, everybody. Go get them. Bruce Strong.